Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yard Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church, and Sunday is Independence Day. So what should the sermon be about that day on July 4th at Denver Bible Church? I'm scheduled to conclude a four-part series on authority, a really fun message to preach, which I think has a lot of biblical meat on the bones on the outline of those sermons. Independence and authority, they go together, and it can get us into the discussion that we've been broaching this week, including on why France's Revolutionary War was evil and why America's War of Independence was just. And it's not primarily because the French were socialist, which violates God's enduring command— do not steal, and America was less so. That's not why the vile French Revolution was wrong and America's independence was justified. First, though, thinking about Independence Day today in 2021, America is a family. Like my own family, it's got issues, but still, it is a family. And we should try to reach our family members, of course, and neighbors with God's word. In fact, that's why at Denver Bible Church and here by airing this program, Bob and Yart Live, three o'clock weekdays for 30 years now on Denver's AM 670 KLTT, the most powerful Christian radio station in America. That's why we share the gospel. But by observing Independence Day and thanking God for what national blessings we do have, that doesn't mean that the Enyarts are overlooking our nation's sin. Not at all. But just like we can criticize and try to correct our own biological families, even while knowing that our country is drowning in sin, still we can love America pray for her, and read the Bible with sharing the gospel as one of the best things that you can do, that we can do to show our love and strengthen our national security, actually improve our national security by preaching the gospel, by telling people about Jesus Christ. Now, as to a war of independence and a revolutionary war, And I realize, tragically, that Americans conflate those two, and they will talk about our War of Independence, and they will sometimes call it the Revolutionary War, and that's tragic, because the difference is one of guilt and innocence. A revolution by which men take up arms to kill, if they deem necessary, their own neighbors, police, government officials— to take over their nation, contrast that with a war of independence. Now, oftentimes, as we discuss in our series on the Constitution, 
kgov.com slash constitution. You could make a near-perfect analogy by comparing nations to families in a neighborhood, especially, for example, regarding foreign relations. But consider the family where a teenager decides that his parents are undeserving of the property they own and the authority they wield. So he kills them to usurp their estate to force his own inheritance. Now I've got it all. Contrast that with the family that refuses to allow their daughter, their now adult daughter, to leave the house. Imagine that. Since she tries to leave, they chain her up in the basement. In fact, that actually reminds me of a real-world story. This is a rabbit trail, and it wasn't his daughter, but a Denver Muslim leader did something just like that. We reported on this maybe four years ago, the Denver Islamic Society. That's Colorado's largest mosque. It was founded by a terrorist. He's now in federal prison. If you ask Coloradans about the connection to terror and local mosques, they have no idea because there's almost no reporting on it. And what reporting there has been done is fleeting. They report it when they feel like they have to. And then the media acts as though there were never such a connection. So the founder of Colorado's largest mosque, he's now in federal prison, convicted of raping an underage Indonesian girl, his name, Homaidin Al-Turki, just Al-Turki, had purchased, in quotes, purchased a female slave in Saudi Arabia. And this woman was rescued by the local police. You know, the people that the progressives hate. She was rescued from being chained to the water heater in the imam's basement. How's that one? That rapist imam, by the way, widely promoted another dis, or Denver Islamic Society, terrorist imam, one you could even read about in the Denver Post, which is surprising because of how the mainstream media tries to do everything they can to whitewash Islamic terror generally, and especially any local mosques, promotion of terror, But somehow they did this, they did report this, but they pretend that the mosque didn't promote terror. When their founder and an imam are terrorists. But this terrorist, you may have heard of, Anwar al-Awlaki, so he was an imam at the Denver Islamic Society, he's now dead, thankfully. And I say thankfully as a Bible-believing, God-fearing Christian. He's dead, thankfully, killed by a U.S. drone strike in Yemen. In Yemen, for any public school teachers tuning in right now, that's in the Middle East. It's on the Arabian Peninsula, a coastal state. So we got him there, halfway around the world. And it is unlikely that prior to his death that he asked God to forgive him and trusted in Jesus Christ. Very unlikely Very, very unlikely. Still, as the Bible says, you can be thankful when the wicked are killed 
yet you do need to do so carefully. That's a topic for another program. And by the way, you can hear interviews on the Denver Terrorism Connection at kgov.com slash Denver Islamic Terror. Just put hyphens between those words, kgov.com slash Denver hyphen Islamic hyphen terror. So speaking of enslaving a young woman and chaining her up in the basement, back to the analogy between a valid war of independence and a revolutionary war. If parents are refusing to allow one of their children who has reached the age of majority or by whatever valid standard is now an adult, if the parents are refusing to allow that child who is now an adult to leave the home, that child, now grown, has every right to leave. It's irrelevant that the parents say no, and it's even perverse. It's actually criminal. It is false imprisonment. And biblically speaking, that's actually, if you kidnap someone, that is a capital crime. And so false imprisonment, the circumstances, of course, are relevant, but that is one of the more severe crimes that God lists in the Bible. And that son or daughter, and right like the Bible shows us, you're a son or a daughter, even if you're 60 years old. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. You're still one of your parents' children. God refers to the entire nation as the children of Israel. So atheists who forget those things make accusations against the God of the Bible, claiming that he's punishing minors, young children, seven-year-olds, for things that God talks about punishing adults for, adults who happen to be sons and daughters, children of their parents. But regardless if the parents are insisting or trying to force that son or daughter to remain at home, cannot leave, if necessary, let's say it's a daughter, she can use force to escape. And if, say it's a stepfather or whoever pulls a gun on her to prevent her from exercising her independence, she has the right to use force, even deadly force, to be free. The same is true with nations. So in repeating this analogy, I started in the reverse order as earlier. First, I talked about the teenager who wants to take everything his parents have. And then I talked about the adult child who is being forced to stay at home, not allowed to exercise her independence. So let's go back to the family with the teenager. And things like this also have happened tragically many times where a teenager decides that his parents are undeserving of the property they own and the authority they wield. And that might actually be true. But he decides to change things. And this is so reminiscent of the French Revolution. So he kills his parents to usurp their estate, to force his own inheritance, to take their authority. So you could see the difference between a revolutionary war and a war of independence when you contrast that teenager 
or even grown adult son who does the same thing, with the family that is refusing to allow their now adult daughter to leave the house. When she breaks free, escaping, if it's necessary to use a baseball bat or a fireplace poker or whatever she could get her hands on as a weapon, that is absolutely justified. It's a slave escaping from a slaveholder. It is absolutely justified. And that is the difference between America's War of Independence and France's Revolutionary War. You know, with the left being hypersensitive, you can't make jokes about nations. Maybe if you first make a joke about your own nationality, like I'm half Italian, and we wondered why the new Italian Navy has glass-bottom boats and found out it's so they could see the old Italian Navy. And then in France, why are the avenues of Paris, why are they lined with trees? And it's because the Germans like walking in the shade. And the French, you could count on them for winning the war if it's a war of independence. When people think of the French Revolution, it lasted about a decade. The part of that that stands out is called the Reign of Terror. It was 1793-1794. So we asserted our independence in 1776. So go forward a couple decades and... Some of our founding fathers, in fact, were evil, as we've pointed out how evil Thomas Jefferson was, how he created his own Bible. He called the four Gospels a dung heap, a dung heap. And he clipped out of them the only portions that he thought had value. And he utterly rejected the person of Jesus Christ and the works of Christ and his sacrifice for us. And he had children with a slave. And we've talked all through this at kgov.com slash Jefferson. Well, also, during the French Revolutionary War, that vile, bloodthirsty war, he was over there fanning the flames of their socialist revolution. And even in the Declaration of Independence that he penned, we've gone through it and how evil it is, how evil it is. Yeah, there's some truths in there, but that makes the wickedness even more wicked when you mix the two. You put poison in a child's bowl of oatmeal, and the goodness of the breakfast for the little one makes the poison all the more vile. So the French had this one-year period beginning in 1793 that is called the Reign of Terror, when they slaughtered about 27,000 people, men, women, and children, and about 17,000 of them were executed, many beheaded, the guillotine. 10,000 died in prison. Who knows how? If you've ever seen the film The Scarlet Pimpernel, what a, what a great movie. Uh, you might think, if you've not seen it, you might think that the main character, you'll be bewildered why this guy's acting like he is. And you might think he's a flaming homo, but he's not at all. And it's just, not only is it a great film, but it does give insight into Robespierre and all. Even the French national anthem, in fact, let me pull that up here. 
you know, it's been compared unfavorably, even by people who love the French, French heroes, to England's God Save the King. Where Here it is, the lyrics. And even to our own national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, with its reference to a battle, right? The rockets, red glare, the bombs bursting in air for our independence. But also there is a reference to blood in our national anthem and a positive reference, or at least neutral, positive to slavery. And of course normalizing slavery, the kind of slavery that we had in America that was based on kidnapping, which God says is a capital crime. So America's horrific history of slave trading and slave owning, that was in every single act of that time was a capital crime. So, of course, there's plenty of guilt in our history which is the guilt that should matter most to us, actually, as we've pointed out over the years. But even compared to that, boy, the French national anthem. Let me share uh, some of the lyrics to you. It describes the enemy as coming to cut the throats of your sons, your women. That's what they sing, right? And by the enemy, they're talking about their fellow Frenchmen coming to cut the throats of your sons, your women. And of course, that is they sing that in order to justify themselves because that's exactly what they did to so many sons and women. Arm citizens, form your battalions, march, march, let an impure blood water our furrows. In other words, let the blood flow in the streets, let it water our crops. That imagery. And to their enemies, that is to their own people, tremble, tyrants, tremble your parasitical schemes. Parasitical for public school teachers tuning in right now. What does that mean? The killing of parents, right? And again, that's exactly what the revolution did. Almost indiscriminately of any conceivable just cause. So they say, tremble, you tyrants you will finally receive the prize, the prize. And that is, you'll have your heads cut off. Frenchmen, warriors, these bloodthirsty despots, these accomplices, these, and I'm excerpting, who mercilessly tear apart their mothers. And again, that's what they did. Queen Marie Antoinette and how many others of the tens of thousands slaughtered. That 27,000, that was in the one year of the 10-year French Revolution, and the violence, the terror, began before that and continued after that. It's just that that was a peak. So that's exactly what they did to countless women. The French national anthem concludes, sacred love of the fatherland support our avenging arms. It was all class envy, right? Our avenging arms. It was vengeance. The very thing that God says that needs to be left to him. Justice, yes, justice often requires punishment, including capital punishment. But God says that it is the governing authorities who hold that right, that power to wield 
to bring vengeance against the guilty, not a civilian, not a person who believes that his government is evil. And guess what? A lot of people come to the wrong conclusion on a lot of issues. And they come to very wrong conclusions. There are plenty of animal rights people who think that if you are not a vegetarian, you should be put to death. There are plenty on the left who would kill someone who points out that abortion is the slaughter of a child. And so the French national anthem, it actually ends with a child's verse. When the children sing, we shall enter the military, we shall find our elders dust, you know, from dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. And then it talks about them surviving their elders or sharing their coffins. And the kids end singing, we shall have the sublime pride to avenge or follow them. It's a bit different, but it does remind me not only of ISIS, but also of the Palestinian Authority, Hamas in particular, teaching the general public, including children, to go out and buy a knife. You could get a knife for a few shekels and use it to slit the throats of a Jew. Reminds me of that. So contrast the French Revolution, where people in a nation think their government is unjust. How often is that the case? Always. In every nation, with every form of government there's ever been, among plenty of people who are citizens of that government or under its jurisdiction. Plenty of people think the government is guilty and, in fact, even guilty of capital crimes, regardless of whether it is guilty or not on the particular grievances those people happen to have. Very often, the grievances people have against the government, like in America, the entire left, the entire Democratic Party, the entire media— that police officers are systematically hunting and gunning down blacks, right? Oftentimes, the grievance that individuals or even millions of people have against their government is delusional. It's false. So God gave authority to governments to use lethal force, and he gave authority to individuals to use lethal force only upon imminent, imminent threat of the loss of life and limb. Imminent threat. So if an agent of the government breaks into your home and he's about to kill you or someone in your home and you use lethal force justly, that's even been upheld by our own courts. Even in the instances where the governing authority breaks into your home with an unjust warrant. But if God had taken a different approach, if he had said that, and he revealed this through Noah and then through Moses and the Hebrew prophets and the New Testament apostles, so that the world's leading legal authority, the Ten Commandments, included the fact that you as an individual can kill governing officials who you conclude are guilty of injustice that rises to the level of a capital crime. If that were the case, then you would ensure anarchy. You would ensure it 
if that was the message from God that individuals had the authority to kill the city council member, the mayor, the police chief, the governor, the U.S. senator, the president, the king, then you would have throughout history, anarchy would be the defining characteristic of government and governmental authority. So America did not fight a revolutionary war. What we fought was a war of independence. France, Britain, Spain, they established colonies, might as well have been halfway around the world. They were across a vast ocean. Those colonies grew up to have their own culture, economy, legal system, boundaries, even language to a significant extent. So America asserted its independence. We grew up. A nation has no right to control indefinitely, almost indiscriminately, peoples halfway around the world. Just like the left, like they redefine a family, you cannot just redefine a family. God established families, a mother and father, children. And then, of course, as he describes in the Bible, the extended family. You can't just, however you want to, like Sesame Street and the entire left, redefine a family likewise with a nation. You cannot just redefine a nation. Spain can't say, well, we went halfway across the world and we planted our flag and all this and all the people and all the descendants, we control them. France can't do it. Britain can't do it. America can't do it. What does God say about this in the scriptures, in the New Testament, the book of Acts, in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 10, the table of nations, unlike any ancient book in the world, unlike any religious text, the Bible tells us where the peoples of the earth have come from, where the nations have come from. The actual genealogy of the nations, not only of the Jews and Jesus Christ, but of the nations of the world. In the New Testament, we have the book of Acts, which is the transition from Israel to the body of Christ, from law to grace, from Peter to Paul. So that today, all believers, whether Jew and Gentile, were all in the body of Christ. Well, in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 26, God has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Now, of course, a Calvinist-type theology, they get all excited, and they think, oh, look, God determined Vatican City. He determined when it would be recognized as a nation, how long it would prevail. And that's a misunderstanding. Just as God determined a family and the boundaries of a family and the times of a family, what a family would be, and a child born into a family when that child is no longer a child but is now an adult, God determined these principles, that infrastructure. And so someone today who arbitrarily is defining what a family is or who unjustly is refusing 
to recognize that a child is now an adult and has their own independence. The same thing is true with nations. Nations are defined by a combination of significant traits, including boundaries, national boundaries, languages, religion, culture, legal systems. And when the left, like after World War I, they think, oh, we could just put a couple countries together, we could take the Czechs and we could take the Slovaks and we could make it Czechoslovakia. So just because a nation sends out people in its flag halfway around the world doesn't mean then that a century later that nation, that country, can control the descendants of the people that they had sent out generations earlier. It doesn't mean that because nations are real things just like Families are real things, and America grew up as a nation, and we fought a war of independence which was just as compared to a revolutionary war that is not only unbiblical, it's overtly wicked.